Welcome to Demystifying Franchise Ownership, the podcast that brings you expert advice, transparency, and clarity around franchise ownership. Whether you're a prospective or current franchisee or franchisor, or simply curious about the topic, say hello to your host, Christine Givens. Welcome back to Demystifying Franchise Ownership, where I share my knowledge, experience, and hard-earned lessons learned about franchise ownership. On today's episode, I'm talking to Rob Miller, who is a seasoned entrepreneur with four startups and three co-founded ventures under his belt. One of his exes was actually a unicorn valuation, and Rob is also an angel investor helping startups realize their growth potential. And one of the approaches he employs when he helps these startups is the lean canvas approach, which he has so generously agreed to talk about today. So welcome, Rob. So great to have you. Thanks. Yeah, super fun to be here. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. So you and I actually met, got connected because my daughter took a class at Miami University where you were, was your title guest guest yeah um, visiting instructor yeah visiting instructor and she said you're her favorite professor ever (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's a lot to live up to (laughs) i know it is she she came home right away oh mom my gosh i have the coolest professor oh my gosh she just loved you and that's how we got connected but tell us about your career what you've done i know you were in the air force correct in, in the army, yeah, yeah. Army pilot, um, and you um, tell us about your career, and then also what you've been working on more recently with the organization Mentora. That sounds good, and it was just a follow up. It was just an absolute privilege to have your daughter and all of her classmates oh. in that class. She and I bonded over sneakers because we're apparently both sneakerheads. Oh my and gosh. Um, yeah. I think that got the relationship off to a good start. Um, and her team was amazing. Like they did great work. I'm sure you saw all of that uh, in my class. So no, thanks. It's, it's really a pleasure to be here. Um, it, this is, um, a, you know, a kind of a cool point for me in my career because I've been a, a, a company founder multiple times, as you mentioned, you know, I started my career in the, in, as an army officer, uh, went to work for a small a company that was just uh, had gone through an IPO. And so it was kind of still that entrepreneurial mentality. And I really got into that mindset of, you know, where are the problems that we can help solve? You know, what what problems can be solved with the application of talent and capital and maybe a little bit of technology? And so um, that led me to uh, working with another guy on my first startup that was a tech startup. Uh, We were solving a particular problem for, uh, believe it or not, Indian tribal casinos in California which is kind of a small little weird niche in the world, but uh, wonderful, wonderful working with Indian tribes. Because these are, these are governments, right? They're, um, they're just like a state or just like a city, you know, and so that their casinos are actually run for the benefit of their people. And it's just a privilege to work with them. It's super fun. So uh, that startup led to another one that was uh, related to capital because what, one of the problems that we saw was that there just wasn't sufficient capital for the tribes at that time. They didn't have access to the mark, capital markets like they do today, uh, the bond markets and you know bank financing, et cetera. So we found a way to kind of finance, finance growth for tribes, primarily in Oklahoma this time. And that just you know kind of let that problem got solved, led to another problem, led to another problem. And... Um, my, you know, one of those uh, companies, as you said, was a really nice exit back in 22. 
Um, so that gave me this, you know, cool opportunity to really just reevaluate what is my purpose in life? You know, am I, am I here on this earth to do another startup and to employ people and to, you know, create economic opportunity like you and I do, you know, when we do our startups and our businesses, or, you know, is it time for me to try to like, you know, pass along some of what I learned? And so that's why I ended up in Miami, you know, like trying to, to see if, um, you know, kind of that purpose could be solved by teaching what I learned to undergrads so that, you know, they can at least get exposed to the idea that business can solve a lot of problems, right? And there's, there's, and I told my students over and over that there's any problem on earth, uh, even social problems, you know, businesses are really well suited to solve. And then the solutions become evergreen. You know, a not-for-profit trying to solve a, a, a social problem can end up in a situation where they're only, their solution only lasts as long as their donors last. But if you can build a business around solving a problem, it can be an evergreen solution. So that then, you know, like kind of uh, led me back to some of my roots I, where I got my MBA at Columbia Business School. And my favorite professor there, and most people's favorite professor there, is uh, a guy named Hitendra Wadwa, who teaches a class called Personal Leadership. It's the most popular class at Columbia Business School. It's about not just leading other people, but leading yourself. And his whole leadership philosophy really resonated with me because it was, it was a philosophy that says that leadership isn't just trying to get people to do what you want them to do, right? I think that's kind of how we were taught in the army that, you know, leadership isn't that at all. Leadership is getting the best out of people. It's getting the best out of yourself and the best out of other people in every situation. And once I kind of shifted that mindset a little bit, I started using those techniques to grow my businesses, proved that they work. And then, you know, fortunately through my own teaching, I reconnected with Hitendra and that led to a conversation of like, hey, can you help me, you know, build this company uh, to spread this, this knowledge to more and more people? So what are some of the programs that Mentora offers? So Mentora's business is primarily teaching leadership and leadership type skills to corporations. So large, you know, Fortune 100, some not-for-profits, um, but primarily that is, is teaching the leadership model that Hitendra uh, has invented. And the model is kind of interesting because it, um, it combines a bunch of different ideas. First idea is what does the neuroscience say about how we can be better leaders? Second one is psychology. You know, what does the psychology say? Then what he did, and I think really uniquely and interestingly, um, he did a huge study of great leaders. Uh, so he picked, you know, some of the greatest leaders that all of humanity sort of agrees are great leaders. So think Gandhi, think uh, Mandela, uh, Abraham Lincoln, uh, Mother Teresa, um, uh, Eleanor Roosevelt. And like, and then in a scientific way, studied every speech they gave, every letter that they wrote to see what patterns would develop. And through all that research, what he sort of came up with was a model of uh, what he calls the five core energies. So that if, if you are uh, effectively leading yourself and effectively leading other people, you're tapping into these energies. So for example, um, one of the energies is growth. Because what he found in, in the research is that the great leaders in history and the great leaders of today all are very interested in personal growth. They're interested in learning more and constantly having that growth mindset and that open mind. I mean, you know, I'm sure all your listeners are that same thing. Otherwise, they wouldn't be listening to a podcast right now, right? Absolutely. They, they want to learn and they want to grow. Um, so that's just one example of um, the things that are in his research that um, are really kind of unique takes on leadership. So the company is really... 
not just, you know, trying to, um, you know, train corporate leaders in that, but it's basically trying to spread this message a little bit more widely of like, hey, if you can operate from your core, from the best self that you have, if you can do that, and then you can get other people around you to do that too, we're all going to accomplish a whole lot more. So that's nowadays uh, not just the corporate training, but it's also um, online classes. It's also a membership group that we have called Mentora Life, which is a, a place where cohorts of 10 people can get together in a you know, literally no stakes environment and talk about how do we become better leaders? How do we become better people? Um, working through each other's you know, business or social or family problems with each other as a group. Um, all the while guided by some of these leadership principles that Hatendra has has discovered through his research. Uh, we also are launching a uh, software tool that's, a, that's an online coach. So it's basically like, hey, I have a difficult meeting coming up, right? I'm going to go sit down and negotiate with the franchisor of this business that I'm really interested in. And I know their agreements are relatively stock, but I want to you know, try to negotiate for this or that or the next thing. And you give the tool that context and it will give you back actions, specific actions that you can take in that meeting to do things like fuse opposites. Like, you know, their position is different than mine, but what common ground can we find? Um, and then it'll also role play. So the more you tell it, the more um, it will, the better job it will do. If I'm negotiating with you, Christine, I can even tell it, um, you know, I'm negotiating with Christine and here's her background and here's the, what I'm trying to accomplish out of it. And it will play the role of Christine in the chat. So um, we can kind of use it as a way of sort of helping people tactically make these types of, uh, use this type of leadership training, this knowledge, but use it in a tactical way so that literally every day as you approach difficult situations, you can do it by getting the best out of yourself and the best of other people. Um, he calls this leadership in the flow. So it's not just like, hey, we just learned some stuff and we forgot about it next week and I'm back to the same old person I was. This is now leadership in the flow. So you can tap, you know, learn to tap into those, those actions that are that result from the core energies, learn to tap into them and um, um, use them in the flow of your everyday work. That's amazing. So it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting stuff. So the five, uh, the five areas are they, I, I pulled these uh, when I was looking at the website, purpose, wisdom, love, self-realization, and then the growth. So it, it seems like it has a lot of like personal looking, self-awareness, looking at yourself and bringing that to, to work. Uh, which, or to your job or your career or whatever you're doing, oftentimes you'll look at a, a group of employees and you'll have 10% that are A employees and 10% that are struggling. And then, a, you know, a whole bunch of people in the middle who are varying degrees of average is, is the, will this change that, that demographic when you look at an employee base, would you say? I'd like to say it does change that because it gives you a chance to sort of, you know, say, take that energy of love. And like, if you really love the people that you work with, and I mean that not in a kind of a cheesy way, but like you actually care about them, then you really care about what it is that motivates them. You'll care about what their situations are, what their home life are, and try to figure out like, okay, what is it that I can do to motivate that person? Because I care about that person's success. And I feel like it's a little bit of a different mind, a mind frame shift. Um, there's a, uh, 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 a sergeant major in the army that I follow um, in his social media. He's a trainer at West Point. And he talks about this in combat, about how the most successful leaders in combat 
are the ones who love their soldiers the most. Hmm. And, you know, you think about like sort of a, you know, hardcore, you know, like very high stakes environment where you in, you know, everything you ever met or knew or, or heard about or watched a movie about the military, you'd never think about using the word love in the context of leadership. But um, that's just, you know, kind of proof that, that these sort of things are powerful. And if you really do care about the people around you, you'll find the better ways. And sometimes, you know, you've, I'm sure you've experienced this in all of your companies that you've done and run and founded is that sometimes the best way you can love somebody is just to be honest and say, you know what, this isn't the right job for you. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing to do. But I feel like, I mean, it definitely in my experience that, you know, the sooner we've both come to an agreement that this isn't the right place or the time for this person, the better off we both are. Mm-hmm. So no easy solution, but. No, I, I know when I had my accounting firm, I think part of what made us so successful was that, that we we were somewhat of a family because it was a small group and we all had this goal to get whatever done, whatever it was, consulting job or could be anything. And we were all in it together and nobody was done until everyone was done. Like, right. And it wasn't, it wasn't the same mentality as you might find in one of the big accounting firms. And, and that was part of our secret sauce, honestly. Interesting. And, and when, when BMO purchased the, the um, accounting firm, it was such a shift for the employees, for everyone that it it really, it upset the apple cart a little bit. It was a hard transition mm-hmm. because it was a small for BMO. It was a small acquisition. And so obviously they're not going to put resources necessarily in making sure we were transitioned in really well and so forth. I, I had never done that. I probably would have driven it more had I. And yeah, so it wasn't an easy transition. I think that was part of it. We're going from the small family to this big, huge organization. So that's an interesting observation. Yeah. And um, this is incidentally where Mentora finds a lot of clients is in these companies that have had an inflection point like that. Like it might've been an Mm -hmm. M&A, exactly Mm -hmm. what you say, where you're two, got two classroom cultures you need to to bring them together. And, you know, this is the kind of the core of, of, I think what Hitendra's research and his writing has sort of come to is like, Hey, like, look, we have more in common than we have um, different. Yeah. You know, and we're, and to your point, exactly. We're all here for a common purpose, you know? And so like drawing from that, drawing from that commonality, drawing from that shared purpose is that, you know, it's, it's a big part of the consulting just anecdotally too. Like I know, you know, in my own personal experience, like I was, I grew up in South Dakota, a tiny little town, you know, zero diversity. Right. I didn't meet anybody that didn't look like me before I went to college for the most part. And um, when I got to the army, it's like, it's completely the opposite, right? Everybody in my first tank platoon, which is the first job they give you as a second lieutenant as a cavalry officer, uh, my guys worked from all over, you know, literally every part of the country, every race, every color, every creed, lots of different religions, but we were all united by the purpose that we were fourth platoon and fourth platoon was better than second platoon. (laughs) And, And we had to prove that every day. So um, it was cool to see that because like when, when all those other barriers go down and you're just working toward a common purpose, it's cool to see that people really will unite around those purposes. Absolutely. I think what Mentora is doing is fantastic because 
think it has a component of helping people with their own self-awareness and helping an organization that's just going to lead to better things for everyone. In my opinion, I'm a big believer in therapy and working on yourself and self-awareness. And it sounds like it's, it's, you know, working in that same area of helping yourself and your own, you know, self-awareness and, and your own mindset to help the organization, which is great. Totally. One of the things I really love that um, we teach people to do is called a core review. It's this idea of like every morning or every night or whenever you want to do it, you know, think back through your day and say, you know, where was I my best? Where was I my worst? Um, what, what can I do to make tomorrow be a time when I recognize those things that I did badly? You know, I, I opened a bottle of wine last night and I finished it. And gosh, maybe I should have just had one glass, right? <laughs> so maybe tomorrow I'll be more conscious of that and think about, you know, okay, you know, but maybe I just need to do better. And so it's actually based on an old tradition. It's a Jesuit tradition that, you know, comes from whatever, thousands of years ago uh, called the examine, but it's the same idea. It's like, hey, what did I do well this yes, yesterday? What did I do poorly at yesterday? How can I improve that? What am I thankful for too? That's another thing that like, you know, gratitude. it sounds right. There's tons of science around gratitude and how that, and if you feel grateful and you're truly grateful and you really think about it, there's tons of science around how that helps you to improve yourself, helps you to improve your attitude. Um, same thing with meditation. You know, I, I, I led uh, the class through meditation one day and, um, you know, we're talking about a big public institution here, right? Miami university and it's, you know, wonderful, wonderful university. Um, but I think that was the, probably the first time that most of those students in the class had, had had an experience like that. And cause I wanted to just test it and see, you know, cause there is science around the fact that, you know, if you can develop a meditation practice that you can improve neural pathways, you can, yeah. um, improve your attitude, right? Like improve your receptivity to learning and all that. Um, so we had a chance to experiment with that too, but that's also a big mentor thing is like, look, it doesn't have to be, you know, um, something that seems weird or out, out of our own cultures, it can be something that is actually useful. So in every meeting in Mentora, when we start a meeting, we have a mindful minute. We just, you know, Love we it. take a minute. It's just a deep breath. You, you know, sometimes people have a meditation to say. Sometimes we just sit there quietly for about, you know, 30 seconds or a minute. And how it's did, amazing. How did I, the, sorry. Yeah. How did the students take the, did they give them um, the I think that, well, I didn't want yeah, I didn't launch it the first day because I felt like I didn't have any credibility with the students on the first day. <laughs> but, you know, after maybe like six or seven weeks, I'm like, okay, we've got a rapport going here. We've got a little credibility. And then I just, you know, approached it as, hey, I want to experiment with this. And you tell me if you think it had any impact. And I think that the, I think the reception I got was, wow, that was really cool. Thanks for showing me that. Um, you know, but interestingly too, like I waited for the class to say the next time, like, hey, we want to do that again. And they didn't do that. But I did notice that, you know, some of the students came up to me later or maybe like weeks later, you know, at the end of the course or something, it's like, hey, I started to build a little bit of a meditation, you know, try to build a little meditation, use one of those apps or something like that to just try to, you know, help me manage through some stress or something like awesome. So even if we exposed one or two people to it and they thought it was a useful tool, uh, it was definitely worth the experiment. For sure. And that generation, they're so used to doing five things at once. They don't, right? They don't just stop and be, they're either on their phones or something. I think it's really helpful. I've been telling my daughter to do it for a while. 
<laughs> like, come on. I think it's a great tool for you, but they'll do it when they're ready. When they're ready. I, yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, like I said, there's some of the people in my class were ready for that and ready to approach it. And others were just like, yeah, nah, not, you know, yet. It, yeah. not yet, but, um, but that's great. Hopefully we can expose them to just a little bit. New stuff. Absolutely. Hi, all. You may have noticed that we did end this episode with our normal wrap-up. That's because of two reasons. One, I want to stay true to my commitment to keeping my episodes to 30 minutes. Secondly, this was a good stopping point before Rob and I launched into our discussion about the lean startup approach. I want to thank Rob Miller for educating us about the importance of leadership development and how Mentora is taking that to new levels. I'm a big proponent of self-discovery and inner growth. It's really exciting to hear how Mentora has incorporated these fundamental components of personal growth into its leadership development approach. Anyone who's considering or already a business owner should take Rob's insights to heart. I can see how Mentor's approach helps organizations overcome challenges and helps to lay a path for success. In part two of my interview with Rob, he shares what the lean startup approach is and how to craft a lean canvas, an efficient one-page business plan. That's a game changer if you have a business idea. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Demystifying Franchise Ownership. You can reach me on my contact page on my website, christinegivens.com. If you're currently evaluating a franchise system, check out my guide, the ultimate step-by-step guide to vetting and evaluating a franchise opportunity. As always, thanks for listening and tune in for part two of my interview with Rob Miller next week.